I absolutely hate safe. It comes from the fact that and I was in a large enterprise and this was like agile transformation number three. They brought in safe. Uh, I was one of those people. That, that was Brian Finster, distinguished engineer at Defense Unicorns out of Colorado Springs, although Brian resides in Rogers, Arkansas. I was scrolling through LinkedIn a couple days ago, saw a thread on SAFE, the scaled agile framework, and what I was seeing wasn't exactly, well, what you'd expect to hear about a framework that's being used by over 20,000 organizations, including the United States government. Before we get too much into it, here is the definition of SAFE. I took it directly off Scaled Agile, the creators and providers of the SAFE framework. Quote, the Scaled Agile framework is a system for implementing Agile, Lean, and DevOps practices at scale. The Scaled Agile framework is the most popular framework for leading enterprises because it works. It's trusted, customizable, and sustainable. If you want to build operational excellence, collaboration, responsiveness, and customer satisfaction into your organization's DNA, where do you start? SAFE provides a proven playbook for transformation. End quote. Some people will argue with because it works, and Brian is one of those people. Here's what started the whole thing. Brian posted this on LinkedIn. Example of terrible ideas propagated by SAFE, feature teams. A feature team doesn't own anything. They act as coding mills and have no quality ownership. SAFE recommends them as a method to increase output. It's a hacky workaround for crappy architecture that results in increased support cost and more crappy architecture. End quote. Yeah, uh, tell us how you really feel about it, Brian. In today's broadcast, we talk to three people who sport varying degrees of opinions on SAFE. Tracy Bannon, Senior Principal, Software Architect, and DevOps Advisor at MITRE. David Bishop, Certified SAFE 5.0 Program Consultant. And of course, Brian. Stay with us for what's sure to be a fun ride. This is the OWASP podcast series. The OWASP podcast series is supported by the Open Web Application Security Project, home to over 240 community-driven security projects, including the OWASP Top 10, the Web Security Testing Guide, and the Security Knowledge Framework Projects. Brian, I want to start with you because the conversation that we're talking about here occurred on LinkedIn with something that you started. And that's the idea that is safe really safe? Is it useful? Give us some background on that conversation. You know, it's hard to remember that specific one because I, I have a history of, for years of going on and randomly giving my opinions about Scaled Agile Framework. Uh, based off of my experience having um, having it inflicted upon me and helping uninflicted on other teams. 
Well, I created a parody site called Scaled Agile DevOps Maturity Framework. And the tagline on that site is enterprise transformation without the risk of culture change. And it's, it's, that's, it's, that's what it is to, as far as I can tell, it's just, we're going to, Hey, we're going to do an agile transformation. So we're going to bring in safe. And now we're agile. When I've, I've pushed back on this several times to different people. And I, I explained some of the struggles I've seen with it. And they said, well, that's just step one except the lift to get to step one is so heavy that you just stop there. Brian, a lot of the time though, you don't come out, you're being really nice and tame right now, right? You're normally you come out and you say, I hate it. So, so yeah, let me be clear. I absolutely hate safe. And, and the, and, and it, it comes from the fact that, and I was in a large enterprise and this was like agile transformation. Number three, they brought in safe. Uh, I was one of those people that was like, okay, well, they're teaching us new words and new ways to do stuff, and we'll figure this out. Um, I've always been one of those people that, okay, we need to ship. I mean, that's that's what I'm all about is we need to ship. Uh, I, I saw all this stuff that lined up pretty well with the PMI training they'd given us several years before, you know, because they, they put us all the senior engineers through PMI training. I didn't see things becoming more agile, but at the time I didn't actually know what more agile looked like. Then when we started trying to figure out how we could actually become more agile, we were trying to learn how to do continuous delivery. And I saw the the Delta between the way that we were working when we started making things less complex. And so trying to manage the complexity when we started really focusing on why can't we go to production every single day. And I saw the morale of the teams improve and I saw the outcomes improve. And it just made me, I mean, I hated all of the, the ceremony before, but when I saw the difference between it and I saw teams still suffering under the old regime and the way that we were working in our area, I hated it even more. Uh, and then when we started the, the dojo, my team decided that we were safe crackers. We we're going to rescue every team in the, in the enterprise from scale yeah, agile framework. Safe is not the issue though. Safe is not the issue. It, it is an issue. And I'm waiting for David to like, like make nasty faces at us, but safe in and of itself isn't the issue. The issue is that people look for a recipe, a solution, a thing that I can pick up and I can do step one. And we must all do these things. And step two, we must all do these things. No, but no, it's safe is the on. issue. No, no, the, no, no, no. Somewhere along no. the line, people forgot to think. David, if you want no, to get in but, with these two, you're going to have to jump in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, Brian, it's a great point. So, I mean, I think SAFE is at this point so dominant in the market. Uh, it's really easy to see it being done hilariously badly. And I, I think it will be the same in the States as it is in Europe. You know, I can name you the companies where it's probably been worse, actually, than the situations. Please do. Hold on, I might have some rescue work coming up there, Mark. He's, gonna... <laughs> He's got his resume together. You go ahead and throw those names out and we'll, we'll shoot you a line. Well, but that's the thing is, can it be done well? And, and, and the way I, the reason I say that is because it is the problem because it markets itself as a solution. And one of the things that it's trying to solve is how well do you do safe? And you can tell that because that's one of the measures is how well you do safe. Well, if you choose to use those measures, I mean, you know, I think, Brian... But they're the safe walk recommended metrics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but safe recommends a bunch of stuff that practitioners don't always use. But that's getting uh, but back yeah, to the pragmatic it. part. This is not about safe really being right or wrong. Anything that we look at, it's a whole set of constructs. You look at it and you say, 
is this going to help me in any way, shape or form? <laughs> There's some good stuff for sale. I got pulled into a big government, a huge government organization. This was during the um, ACA, the Obamacare stuff rollout. 17 different lines of business having to coordinate all of their stuff. We need safe. No, they didn't need safe. What they needed to do was actually get together and talk. That, that was it. They didn't need safe. They didn't need trains. They didn't need release managers. They didn't need all this other stuff. They needed to talk. So it served a purpose that at least it got them together to realize that there was something to talk about. And thank heavens, there were a couple of us there going, let's be pragmatic about this. What do we actually need? And what we don't well, but, need. But, but here's the thing is that if you have the knowledge to be pragmatic, you don't need safe. And I if you don't- some good ideas there. They're good ideas Well, no, but, that's, but, that's, but I, I, I don't disagree. There's lots of good ideas and I can point to primary sources where that they, they cribbed them from. Yeah. The problem is there's also hilariously bad ideas in there too. And if you know how to tell the difference, you don't need the framework. Give me three hilariously bad things in SAFE. Uh, feature teams. Feature teams are hilariously bad. So a feature team is a team that all they do is they write features for product teams. David, you're, like, you're a proponent for safe and you're shaking your head yes on that one. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think Mark Safe should get so involved in the kind of team formation, team everything. I think it's useful now that they're kind of signposting. I think it's a tax on Some other stuff. I, I think, uh, yeah, I can get some of that trace as well. But remember, we're not dealing here with people who are as aware of all this kind of stuff as we are. These will be Think people who've never read Think a lot of this stuff. They've Think certainly never spent years and years working in these ways with their teams. So I fully understand, you know, when someone's on the website, it's like, oh yeah, this feature team component, great, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. But mm -hmm. they, yeah, that's dangerous. But that's not the fault of the framework. That's the fault of the leadership, I think, in, in, in those examples. But the framework, uh, it's on the framework's website. So it is the framework. Is what yeah, and that, that website is like catnip to the C-suite. They can yeah. look it is. all day. It is, it is, it is. But, they, but the framework has to take responsibility for it. Oh, this gets biblical in proportion here, right? Because it's what are you doing with the words in that book? that matter, yeah. right? Right. The devil quotes scripture. It's what are people doing with it? Now to your point, Brian, I'm going to defend yeah. Brian for a moment. This doesn't happen very often. <laughs> if we're being responsible and contributing to the body of knowledge responsibly, we would actually have that plastered up front. It wouldn't be that there's a bunch of us out here saying, Hey, by the way, be careful. So I agree with Brian. This one's market on the calendar. Okay, we're going to mark this down. Because <laughs> yes, I actually agree with Brian today. It is, there is a, a certain responsibility that comes with the, the scaled agile organization that they are not putting the warnings up front. They're not saying what are the reactions going to be to this medication. Well, but they don't also take careful. feedback. They released uh, last year, they released, here's our recommended metrics. Mm -hmm. And they did that on LinkedIn. And I wrote detailed information about these are bad, don't do these things. And they don't respond to feedback because we have decided, right? Yeah. It, it's like, here are the stone tablets. This is what scaling agile looks like, except that I know it doesn't. I, I think it's that's fair, Brian. You know, I mean, the, I report bugs on the courseware that there's some I reported more than 18 months ago. The errors are still there two iterations later. 
they're not reactive. But then again, it's a really, really big organization and really big organizations don't tend to be reactive. Although I know you're going to challenge back with, well, if they're running safe themselves, they Wait, I was going to say, aren't the safe people being all safe? <laughs> uh, Brian, well, I think you need to send them a link to your uh, your parody site and see if they can get set. Oh, well, I mean, certified. that's what I do now is that anytime someone advocates for safe, I like I, I to explain that, you know, sadmf.org, I mean, .com is a, is an updated version that's much more agile because release convoys can turn left and right and release trains can't. And, and, <laughs> and, okay, disclaimer out there, just putting the disclaimer out there, it is a parody. There have yeah. been people that think it's real. Sad yeah, but the, the fact that it's called sad MF should, should be, be a no. You mean the same people? No, the same people that David said are picking up and going directly to the scaled agile framework site. They're the same ones just going out here and going, this could this could be it. This could help us. Yeah, I found it. This is this is the one. No cultural change. This is what I've been looking Let's for. Bring hey, Let's bring them in. But you know what? As long, as long as they buy certifications from me, it's okay. So Brian, we're, we've got the first one. What's the second horrendously bad thing about safe? Well, they're metrics, right? So they have some metrics that are good, right? They don't explain too much about how to use them, but they have some metrics that are good. But when you wrap metrics around, are you doing the framework and, uh, correctly? What that means is, is that that you're just propose, propose you're, you're advocating for the framework. You're not advocating for outcomes. You're advocating for, are you doing the framework correctly? So that's hilariously bad. Might even be worse than that, Brian. You know, you might be creating little cottage industries for people to measure stuff that no management action or anything else is. Oh, going absolutely. To yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's risk with what they propose. Agreed. Wait a minute. Oh, hundred percent. So maybe they're actually helping our economies with cottage industries. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so that maybe there is an altruistic aspect to this that we've looked past. You know, I'm actually writing training right now on metrics for the Linux Foundation, <laughs> and it goes into. You know, how do you use these things to make things better instead of how do you measure stuff? That's a those are two well, different but, but things. If I heard you correctly here, Brian, when people implement this, there is no management action at the end. That's what I just heard you say. It's almost like we're going to do this thing, but then after it's over, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there's no over. It's just we're going to do this thing. And this is the thing we're doing now, and now we're agile. Oh, and I think that's it's the become problem. the destination. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to step on you. No, no, Tracy, I agree with your point. But I mean, how many times have we all seen this with just scrum teams, yeah. agile teams in general? You know, no, I, a hundred percent. You're printing, you've got a Jira. Good, you're, you're the most agile people in the world. I can but the, 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 the difference there is that to train teams on just the basics of scrum, for example, uh, to evolve them past that is an, uh, is a lighter lift than to train an entire organization on all mm -hmm. of the structure required for scale agile framework, and then to evolve past that, which goes to hilariously bad thing number three, which is it creates middle management positions for managing complexity that we want to make go away, but we can't make it go away because those middle managers don't want to give up their release train engineer positions. But that's like, again, it's the baby step, isn't it? I don't think any of these roles are supposed to be long lasting and enduring. But you just paid someone for it. Yeah. You just, and do you know how much you spent to get those people trained? And then you took one of your folks who are so good at it that they became a safe, certified trainer. So now you've got a trainer on your staff so you can continually train on the trainer and the certifications. There's a self-fulfilling prophecy part of this. There is a 
an aspect of this that it, we are inflicting, I like Brian's word, we're inflicting. The intent may have been good up front. The intent may have been, how do we deal with some of these scaling challenges? And when I first learned about it and looked at it and understood it, it was smaller than it is now. It was leaner than it is now. It was not hundreds and hundreds of pages of things that you can't comprehend. It was lean-esque, right, at first. Um, I, I think it's gotten polluted along the way. It's, it's gotten bloated along the way. I want to go back to something Brian said about feature teams. I personally believe that the feature team issue is, it's a taxonomy issue. Uh, because whether you call them feature teams, whether you call them capability teams, whether you call them lines of business, I've seen different, hold on, I've seen different things diced and sliced many different ways. And as long as they are delivering unique capability, whether they're on a digital platform or not, uh, yeah, but, I don't no, care but hang what you on. No, no, no. I, you can call no, me anything no, you want no. unless you read the definition of what they call a feature team. And a feature team's job is to handle extra capacity. It is not to deliver a unique capability. It's to deliver a new feature for a team that delivers unique capabilities. Uh, and so it's basically just a team whose entire job is to generate defects because they have no operational responsibility like for it. what they just built. It's the opposite of a product team. It's literally a project team. Well, they run no a project products. and they go away. There are no products in with, with SAFE. It's all projects underneath this crazy framework, right? Well, that yeah, would be fail right. number four. I'm sorry, go ahead, well, David. There you go. <laughs> David, you know, we invite you here, David, to to kind of counteract what these two are saying, but I see you nodding your head. <laughs> I mean, I've seen way worse. I mean, you know, uh, Brian's safe horror stories are nowhere near as bad as some of mine. Uh, you know, it's an incredibly powerful tool. It's an incredibly harmful tool. In well, hang on, you're the safe advocate on this trip. That's what I was going to say. Give us uh, the three Give us three one thing, <laughs> one thing. Give us something. Cool yeah, t-shirts. It, it, it's not just, oh. you know, go, go back to the old gold rep quote, you know, People have to believe a better solution exists, yeah? Who are most of my clients? They're big, unwieldy, ugly organizations, normally with some form of serious problems with their culture, maybe some real problems with their product development. They just want to get a little bit better. So, you know, we're not talking about in these kind of instances, Brian, with a lot of my clients, I'm taking them from best in class, uh, DevOps, full on automation. A lot of these companies are, are really, really, really old fashioned in the way they do everything, you know, to the point that some of the build might be, it might be NSAP on ERP, but it's probably been mapped to whatever it was where man walking a, walking an envelope trying to factory. So I used to FTP to production in my old company. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> What David right. just described it's still sneaker net. I'm going to run this over to the guy next door. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, and it wasn't air gapped, it was real. I spent 20 years in one of those organizations. <laughs> this is something else that I've seen you know, with safe. You know, people come in and say, oh, we're going to train on safe. And they don't say, this is a first step. You need to, as rapidly as you can, move past this to to, to remove complexity. That's yeah. what they say. It's like, this is the next step. Yeah, and, yeah I'd agree. Uh, and, but I'll say yeah. that the takeaway, the value I got from SAFE was never telling anyone what the next step is. I always tell them, this is where we're trying to go. It, it gives direction. It, it's difficult because in some of the materials now, they're kind of saying, look, all this is open to inspection and adapting, you know, their version of scaled retrospectives. 
I think it's that that's the only thing that, that Dean really wants to remain two, three, four years into a safe transformation. The amount of SPCs who would understand that, yet alone advocate with their clients and companies they work with, probably count them on one hand. Well, but they've spent so much money on their certifications, you'd think that they'd be able to understand this stuff. I don't know. I mean, what value is a what value is the certification? I mean, you know, I got them because ah, ah, one, you know, I, I went to Finland, spent eight months in Helsinki in a safe case study business. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine most SPCs didn't go that far. Probably not most, but you know, the what are the value of the certifications? Well, what does the organization? Why does the organization value a certification? One is that it does provide a common language, right? Good or bad, it, 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 that's the first step. Now, it shouldn't be a heavy lift to give everybody the same language. The second thing is where it kind of falls into Brian's side of the, uh, the belief, and that is it gives a bloated um, vision, um, some kind of assurance that if I achieve this, if I'm certified in this, therefore I have arrived and I am able to do these things. Yeah, I think that there's there's a bit of both of those. You should there should always be some kind of upskilling, some definition creation. I'm more about don't hand it to me, but let's create the definitions together. Now, someone like David or Brian or Tracy, whoever, should be there facilitating us creating our lexicon together. But the fact of the matter is we get our hopes hung up on now that we're all safe certified, we can jump in and do this thing which we were all educated about. And quite frankly, to Brian's earlier point, oh my gosh, that's twice in one day. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to wash my mouth out. <laughs> to, to Brian's earlier point, it's too big, it's too heavy, it's too much. There. Well, and it's, and, it's, and it's trying to solve the wrong problem, right? Because ultimately it's trying to manage complexity. Uh, and you're, you're trying to do things like manage, uh, you know, interfaces between components and, and you know, and it, it, all of that should be focused on how do we use engineering to remove the complexity? How do we improve the organizational architecture, the application architecture, the way people talk to each other to reduce the complexity of how, you know, the, just the cognitive load, the amount of coordination required to deliver. And, and that's why I, I, I keep focusing on, we need to solve the problem. Why can't I go to production today? I'm going to play devil's advocate. Imagine that. So there have been organizations that I have been with who, because of legal ramifications, because of policy that's involved, things that are outside their control, they had to react that way. If I'm working with one of the, one of the departments in the treasury in the United States, I'm not going to tell you which one, but there's a certain date after which you cannot make any changes in production at all because you have entered into tax season. You can make zero, no changes. And if you have every line of business that's feeding into that with a different funding stream coming from a different area of a federal government that are, and from legislation coming from the president, coming from the Hill, it's good for us to say, let's just use engineering to solve it. But quite frankly, we're not going to solve it in two weeks or two months, it's going to be two years, it's going to be 10 years, it's going to be massive. Scaled Agile framework in those cases can actually help, oh, I don't want to say this, it can actually help with the transformation at times because it gives them a construct that they could aim towards because they're not able to be so 
open. They're not able to be so ambiguous. They're not able to be so inventive in the way that we want to. So I'm going to defend Brian, or I'm sorry, I'm going to defend David a little bit that I've seen it work. Yes, I said that. I've seen it work as a transition opportunity. But but have you have you actually seen it work, or have you seen it just be uh, a, a veneer over waterfall, right? Where they they can claim. Well, so we can claim we're safe, and we've spent we've spent all all this money that we had to go and spend because we're the government. So we have to throw money at people because otherwise we won't have any more money uh, to go and train people to be certified release train engineers, uh, certified whatever. Oh, and now that that's now that the training is an interesting one, Brian. You know, I mean, when you speak to Debbie at Boeing. She's like me with safe. You know, fairly realistic. You know, when and you I talk find- to her about why she went safe training, it's consistent. It saved a bunch of coaches coming in from mums writing their own stuff, which didn't all join together. And do you know what? It's good enough. The, the scrum training in safe is okay. It's marginal. Yeah. Well, well, but but, but I want to go back to something Brian said. Have you ever seen it as a veneer? And I would say there are times where that's okay if it's a step in the right direction, as long as the leaders, as long as the middle management as well, right? As long as those two levels of guidance. Unless it makes people cynical because they didn't see the improvements they expected, right? And then it drives everything backwards. Well, hold on, I'm, uh, but this is a yes and conversation. Brian, we agreed many years ago, many moons ago, that there's not one answer for everything. It is relevant to the context that it's in. I mean, right? there so, is. It's my answer. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Eh, wrong. <laughs> so there has to be pursuant to the context. Yes. If it's putting a veneer over, a veneer over waterfall, and it is helping the organization to grow and to dismantle that because it's got enough awakening that's going on okay, I still don't like it. It's like giving somebody a nicotine patch instead of getting them off nicotine and cigarettes <laughs> but see, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm incredibly pragmatic. I don't expect perfect, but I do want things not to be driven backwards, right? It's so oh, hard. Uh, you know, Brian, if, if you're not doing something, it, chance you can make things worse. I mean, the, these organizations where they look at the big picture and it's like, Barry does this and Mike does this and oh, and actually we already do all this and they can sit and talk you through it all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Accenture are happy about it. I'm sure a lot of the other big consultancies are happy about it. I don't think the people working in those teams will be very happy about it. And, and that's really the issue, isn't it? Because if the teams aren't happy about delivering, then they're not going to deliver quality in the first place. If, if it sucks the life out of the people actually doing the work, they'll either just not care about the quality of the work they'll go somewhere where it doesn't suck the life out of them and eventually you know ultimately if you want to deliver at speed you need people who are engaged in the mission it's just straight up right but but i don't know if the, i don't know if the framework actually matters when it comes to mission i, I think there's something you know as, as as practitioners and experts in ourselves we can overestimate how much the teams care about the frameworks they're working in generally I don't find my developers, some of them don't know them by name. It's just the way they work and what they do. One of the things I actually like about SAFE is almost at a team level, they can do what they want as long as they can integrate. Yeah. So if they want to, I think normally in SAFE, there's a Scrum XP and Kanban combo. But, you know, I've run these trains with some teams running Kanban, some running Scrum, Scrum running their own things. It really, really doesn't matter. But actually, in that instance, it kind of leaves the teams alone to get good at doing, you know, am I interested in my teams doing Scrum well? No. Am I interested in my teams doing safe well? No. 
Am I interested in my teams working well? Absolutely. So if safe isn't the framework, what's the alternative? Brian, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, I think the alternative. Uh, so number one, I've I've been I've have seen DevOps as value stream improvement since day one. That's always been what it is. It's not developers and operations finally talking to each other. Thank God. It's or it's not a, and it's not a job that somebody has. There should be no such thing as a DevOps engineer. It's value stream improvement. If you want to improve things, you need to look holistically at your systems, at the very value streams you have with your organization and reorganize around how do we improve value. We need to go down to the team level and help them figure out how to become more efficient, more effective about what they're doing in a more sustainable way. And there's not a real framework for this other than, you know, if we care about the people, we care about our customers, we care about the product, and we start driving efficiencies into our systems, it, things will get better. So Brian, Brian is right on, the, on this point that at the end of the day, the most important thing are the people and bringing them together. Transparency is a part of it. I personally believe that we should be looking at different frameworks, different thought diversity and tailoring and figuring things out together. I'm, I've said this before, I'm not anti-safe, I'm just not pro-safe. I am, I'm, I am pro-thinking and pro-smart. If you have, you have to get people, meet them where they are, you have to upskill. You have to get all the levels from boiler room to boardroom, all speaking same language and buying in. Those things are not technical in nature. Those are not necessarily dictated by a framework. Perhaps some of the ceremonies or other things can help to open the door, but please, 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 let's not get religious about a safe t-shirt, about a safe training, about a particular framework uh, in and of itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Brian and Trey. I think the issue is most teams, maybe at the start, aren't the level of the maturity re to really understand the development process, start leaning out. Actually, SAFE gives a decent toolbox for that. You know, I've almost lo always looked at it as a, a kind of Trojan horse to lean out on organizations' development hmm. processes. If used correctly, I think there's the other danger here. You know, that there's every flavor now. You know, Spotify, well, what is it? It's not what people think it is. Less, same again. I mean, same as safe. That's out of Nokia. That's finished technology. Yeah? People forget this. Mm -hmm. uh, Nexus, DSDM, take your flavor. But what are we seeing now? We're now seeing, you know, 10-year transformations where there's maybe been a spin of the wheel every two years. You know, this yeah. year was safe. That didn't work. This year was scrum at scale. That didn't... Guess what? The frameworks weren't the problem. There is something else slap bang in the middle of the point, Brian and Tracy were saying that you're not attending to. Humans, humans. And, you know, I, humans. It's, it's, it's humans and it's also, humans. we don't actually know what good looks like. So we don't know what the goal is. So we focus on the framework instead of the outcome because we don't actually understand what the outcome should be. But no, defining good is easy in this way, in this way. So when my when when somebody asks me what should I do for my career, I don't know what I want to do yet. There's a very easy question. What do you not like? What does not what does bad feel like? So I think coming into some of these organizations and saying, well, does working 18 hour days and having your priorities shift on a daily basis and never making any deadline, does that feel good? No. Okay. We now know what bad is. So the opposite of bad is good let's trend away from those things so we can kind of go away from the fire and you know if we don't know what the definition brian of good is
This is the OWASP podcast series. The OWASP podcast series is supported by the Open Web Application Security Project, home to over 240 community-driven security projects, including the OWASP Top 10, the Web Security Testing Guide, and the Security Knowledge Framework Projects.